career success, no fears, no excuses. This podcast will discuss and debate professional development and job search strategies from baby boomer, millennial, and Gen Z perspectives that will help facilitate the accomplishment of your career goals. You're here with Jessica Duplessis and John Karras of Job Transitions, Inc., and today we're here to discuss strategies and techniques to secure interviews. My name is John Karras, and I'm the president of Job Transitions, Inc. It is my honor to present this podcast with Jessica Duplessis, who's been my associate with Job Transitions for over seven years. Thanks, John. We are now going to begin discussing strategies and techniques to secure interviews. There are five basic strategies to secure interviews during a job search. Job seekers should participate in all of these strategies if conducting an aggressive job search. The five strategies are responding to job postings, company websites, career fairs, networking and social media, search firms, and other placement organizations. In this episode, we will discuss responding to job postings. Some people say you'll never get an interview off a posted job because the companies get so many resumes. But job seekers do get interviews off posted leads. This is one of the biggest misconceptions people have about the job search process. You might have heard about the 80-20 rule. This means that 80% of the open positions are in the hidden job market. In other words, not posted. Only 20% of the open positions are posted. Even if you believe that statement, does that mean you should disregard the 20% that are posted? One advantage of posted leads, for the most part, is they are real jobs and they are open now. It is the immediacy of the posted leads that can be an advantage for the job seeker. Another advantage of responding to posted job leads is that it could help you evaluate your resume. If you show your resume to five different people, you might get five different opinions on how to improve it. But the only opinion that matters is the opinion you get from the job market itself. How can you tell if your resume is working? Well, the answer is start using it. There are many search engines. LinkedIn and Indeed.com are good. There are others as well. First, do not screen yourself out based on job title alone. When reviewing posted leads, ask yourself if you think you would like the job based on information in the posting and your job target. Although you need at least some of the job experience outlined in the lead, you do not need 100% of the qualifications to be considered. Once you apply to about 15 to 20 posted job leads, Give the companies a reasonable amount of time to respond, which I would think is about two weeks. You might get responses much faster than that. We've worked with many clients who get a response the very next day. But two weeks is a reasonable time. Although, you will get some responses after the two-week period. You need to make some decisions on the effectiveness of the resume eventually. I think two weeks is a good time frame for this. We call this benchmarking your resume, which we discussed in detail in episode four. Remember, we are not evaluating how good of a networker you are. Benchmark posted leads only to determine effectiveness of the resume when you are not networking behind it. If you receive a 15 to 20% success rate where the company wants to take the next step in the process... I would probably recommend to not change anything. It seems to be working. That is not a bad success rate off posted leads. Think of it as a baseball player. In baseball, there is a batting average. How many base hits does a player make based on 1,000 at-bats? A 300 
batting average is a valuable player, but also means that he or she failed 70% of the time. If you are not generating at least these kinds of results, review your written documentation, your resume and cover letter, if using one. They are not working. That does not necessarily mean to change them, but they should be reviewed again to see if any part of the resume could be improved. The reason you do not want to screen yourself out based on job title alone is that companies rarely hire the perfect candidate based on experience. If the candidate has all the experience, they probably don't want the job. They are already doing it. Unless they are in a layoff situation or other financial reasons, job seekers usually want a position where it is a step up or moves them closer to their dream job list, especially in a robust job market. So what will a company look for? The company will be looking to see if you have at least some, not all, but at least some of the job experience they require. Then they will look for possible trade-off factors. A trade-off factor is any skill or experience that a company will substitute for some of the specific experience outlined in the job description. Common trade-offs are technical experience, second languages, international experience, advanced degrees, certificates, and licenses, but could be many things you might not even be aware of. This is why we recommend that job seekers include these kinds of sections on their resume if they do have these skills. A couple examples could be the posted lead asked for five years accounting experience required, preferably in a healthcare environment. A job seeker has two years accounting experience, but comes directly from a healthcare organization. The company might trade off a couple years of specific accounting experience because they come directly from the healthcare industry. Or the job posting requires five years accounting experience, preferably in a healthcare environment. A job seeker has two years accounting experience, not in healthcare, but recently acquired an MBA. The company might trade off a couple years of specific accounting experience because the job seeker has recently acquired an MBA. Or Perhaps the job seeker brings the specific technical skills needed for the job and the company trades off a few years of specific accounting experience because the job seeker brings the exact technical skills needed. Or a job seeker could be a little light in specific sales experience, for example, but is bilingual in English and Spanish. The company might trade off a little lack of specific sales experience because of the bilingual skills if they do business in Spanish-speaking countries or work with Spanish-speaking clients, employees, or customers. Those are common trade-off factors, but they could be anything. When I was the Director of Career Services for the MBA program at University of Illinois at Chicago, I was working with a student that had six months of specific marketing experience, and I do believe that was internship experience. She was responding to a job lead that wanted three years' experience in marketing. She got the interview. She indicated to me after the interview that there was a term on her resume called cartography which is map making. That term was on her resume, and the company told her in the interview that that term got her in the door. And the company was interested in somebody who had experience, or at least was interested in that skill. They traded off about two and a half years of job experience that they required for the position. She only had six months. They traded off those two and a half years of experience because she simply had the term cartography 
on her resume. Then she asked me, but that's what just got me in the door. Do you know why they actually hired me? I kind of did know the answer to that question, but I asked her anyway. She responded with, because they liked me. I knew that. We discussed this likability factor in episode two of our podcast series. The point is that a job seeker should respond to all posted job leads they think they would like, and within reason in terms of qualifications. Let the trade-off factors work for you and get hired based on a combination of experience, skills that are proved, and likability. When responding to posted leads, you might need to make a decision on using a cover letter or not. Companies might give options on this. Required, optional, or maybe they don't ask at all. Clients ask us about using them if optional. And my response is usually, well, do you have a cover letter? If yes, do you think it's any good? If yes, use it. If not, do not use it or work on it. Avoid sending generic cover letters. If you decide to use a cover letter, explain how you can help the company achieve their goals. Search the job description for keywords and specific qualifications and connect to your points of marketability, which we discussed in episode three. Responding to all posted job leads that you think you would like and within reason in terms of specific experience is not quote unquote mass mailing your resume. You are responding to positions that are open now within reason based on qualifications to positions you think you would like. That is where you want your resume to be. Let the trade-off factors work for you and get hired based on a combination of experience, soft skills that are proved, and the likability factor. Of course, there are other strategies to secure interviews, which include visiting company websites, attending career fairs, networking and social media, search firms and other placement agencies, which we will discuss in our next episode. Until then, this is Jessica Duplessis. And this is John Karras. A big thank you to all the people who have listened to our podcast. If you enjoy our Job Search Strategy podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review. For a free resume review and initial consultation, visit our website at www.jobtransitions.net.